Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go in to the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith of the New York City metropolitan area. Please, as always, we ask you to download the app, the Veritas app, share it with your friends. Um, you'll have access to all of our station's content. And if you like what Joe and I do, we're all over social media, uh, Rumble, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you see our ugly mugs. Please like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. Help us out. Now, today, as always, really, but today even more so, we're really going into the breach, okay? Because we're going <clears throat> we're going into a place where the, the modern culture will chop your head off, figuratively speaking. Who knows, Joe? Maybe in the future, literally speaking. But either way... And we have on the perfect person to talk about this, specifically wokeism and what it's all about. So we're we're very pleased and honored to be welcoming to the program for the first time, Teresa Mull. And Teresa's written a new book. This is out from Sophia Press, Woke Proof Your Life, a handbook on escaping modern political madness and shielding yourself and your family by living a more self-sufficient, fulfilling life. Now, some of you out there have probably seen Teresa out there in different interviews in different places. However, for those of you who have not, Teresa Mull was blessed to grow up in her ancestral home in the Allegheny Mountains of Pennsylvania. She received a degree in comparative literature from the University of Dallas and interned for Laura Ingram and the and at the American Spectator magazine in Washington, D.C. She traded the fast-paced lifestyle of our nation's capital for the mountains of Idaho before returning to her roots in, and her coal mining hometown, all while continuing to grow her career in conservative journalism. Teresa's writings appeared in the New York Times. Um, do, do we, should you brag about that, Teresa? I don't know. But having said that, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, Teresa's writings appeared in the New York Times, Baltimore Sun, Miami Herald, New York Post, Fairbanks Daily News Minor, American Conservative, and many other publications. She is currently an assistant editor of the Spectator World, a policy advisor for education at the Heartland Institute, and part-time editor of the Phillipsburg Journal. Teresa Mull, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to talk about this. I mean, Joe and I are used to getting into a lot of trouble, okay? Um, and, you know, we got we, we have the strikes on YouTube to prove it. Um, oh, nice. However, but these are, I mean, you know, all, all kidding aside, this, this is a very important topic um, because we do have to shield ourselves from a lot of this stuff. Because And we'll get into it in the interview. You know, you're hearing all like, why do you care about all this? Like, that's the usual criticism. Well, when we're trying to protect our kids, when we're trying to protect our families, when we're trying to let people know that this is a very dangerous ideology and we're not buying into it, well, we better damn well talk about it. So we'll get into all of it. With that, I'm going to hand it over to Joe Resinello. We'll start with a prayer. 
We always start with a prayer, Teresa, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly into you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, for you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother, the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency, hear and answer us, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Well, Teresa, a we talk to a lot of people on the show, um, all types of people. And your bio jumped out at me. A couple of things. One, I love that you return to your ancestral home. My ancestral home is Newark. Many people call it Newark. If you're from Newark, it's Newark. And uh, it's not quite as nice as the Allegheny Mountains. I love that. I also love the fact that you're a very smart person, clearly. You worked in Washington, D.C., and you basically said, nah not interested. Love that. I really do. I respect it because the reason why I respect it is there's money to be made there. Let's be honest. Um, there's a lot of gifted people in this world. I went to school with many of them and they didn't make the choice you made. I, I respect that. And I want to stress that because a lot of people don't do that. That's not saying you're not successful. That's not saying you're not making money. But what I am saying is you basically said, you know something, I'm not interested. And I think that is the secret to a lot of this stuff, uh, particularly people who want to live a certain way as Catholics. There has to come a point where you basically say, thank you, but no thank you. That's not for me. That's not for my family. I just wanted to say that because, to be honest with you, that's what your bio says to me. And uh, I think that's a great thing. With that, we're talking about woke proofing your life. Let's set the ground rules, let's set the terms, let's define the terms. How do you define woke? What is it? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, chatter out there in the mainstream media about people not being able to define woke. Ron DeSantis just made headlines for that. And um, I would say that that's on purpose. It is purposely a vague term uh, because it's a smokescreen for so many sinister ends. Um, they don't want us to be able to define it because if you can define it, then you can fight against it better. So um, it's not really that confusing. The, the left and the woke movement who are pushing this this evil agenda would like us not to be able to define it. But the short answer is that it's political correctness on steroids. The long answer is it's essentially a socio-political ideology that's characterized by the manipulation of noble goals for the control and destruction of society. So it's basically uh, radical left-wing evil liberalism, on steroids, um, and they what makes it a little bit different from from the left wing movement that we've seen up until this point is that they have kind of like new terminology, you know, DEI, ESG, all those fun fancy little words, expressions that just roll off your tongue and you don't really stop to think what they really mean and what they're doing, um, and that's certainly on purpose. Teresa Mo, let me ask you this: you said noble goals. I mean, because and again, I want you to expand on that a little bit more for our audience here at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. Because I'll give you an example. Like when, whenever back in the day, people used to argue leftist argued in favor of communism, which for the life of me, I can't see how a sane human being can go there. Having said that, it's usually something noble. Isn't it a noble goal? Everybody's equal. Everybody puts in and everybody takes out the same. They make it sound noble, even though we know that even on paper, forget about what the communists did in practice. 
this, okay? Even just on paper, you're looking and go, no, that's a crock of crap. We're not, we're not, we don't, we don't want, we don't want any part of that. But they make it sound very noble. How are they doing that now? Kind of almost shaming people into being woke by 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 pushing these quote unquote noble goals. Yeah, you know, diversity is good. Everybody loves diversity. Everybody loves for everybody to be included, to be equal. Uh, you look at the LGBT movement, you know, it's all rainbow flags and happy cheeriness and love is love. Um, even I make a big point about the climate change movement and how that's actually pretty sinister in itself too. Um, but, you know, they, they use these, these vague things like, oh, we want to save the planet. Like, that's good, right? Like, how can you argue with that? But then I encourage people to look at the fruits of, you know, it says in scripture by their fruits, you will know them about the false prophets. And you look at that, look at what the woke movement's bringing about. We have skyrocketing mental illness. We have a crisis there. We have people addicted to all sorts of things, um, uh, obesity, all of these sorts of things are just skyrocketing in our country. And it, the more wokeness takes hold, the worse we become. So yes, you can say we are increasing diversity, we are making the workplace more equitable, but then you see how it, it actually comes about and what the results are. All of these fruits are rotten. Um and the, the DEI thing really gets me because they're talking about making everybody equal, but what they do is focus on people's differences, you know, <laughs> how that that's how they go about making everybody feel the same and, and are treated the same by calling out what makes you different. And, uh, and these are generally things that are um, exterior, you know, your skin color, your sex, your sexual preferences, quote unquote, your identity, um, not, not people's souls, but uh, basically their appearance <laughs> yeah i mean and, it, and, it, and it's so ridiculous because when when people like us roman catholics and we say uh well you know we have a different we don't see everything through the lens of race or like you said some of these external characteristics uh we, we value all human beings you know that's somehow unacceptable to them i will before i throw it over to joe i will we'll make one comment if they really want diversity the most diverse institution in the world is the roman catholic church okay i like to Absolutely. i like to tell these people that um, so if they want to, if they want to get into a diverse group, well, maybe they ought to convert. Joe Resinello. Chrissy, your book makes a claim that America lost something. I would agree with that claim. Uh, what is that something that we lost? Well, at the root of it, what we lost was what we are losing is God and our faith. Um, you, again, look at the rise of wokeness, and it is absolutely parallel with our loss of belief in God. There's a poll that Gallup does every year tracking America's beliefs and values, and that keeps going down every year. It's really startling. It's really scary. And uh, there's we know this from being Catholics ourselves and being involved in our faith communities, but there's plenty of scientific statistics for those who are kind of doubting Thomases and have to see that sort of stuff before they believe. But uh, there's plenty of evidence showing that people who have faith and especially those who are active in their churches are happier, healthier, and more optimistic. You live longer. You just have a better life whenever you uh, you believe in God and whenever you pray, of course. We know that. Um, so as we lose that, as we lose all the things that are affiliated with that, uh, with the confidence we have, and also the, the lack of fear, you know, it says throughout scripture that um, be not afraid, put your, your hope and your trust in me. And uh, people don't have that anymore. What do they have faith in? Whenever you take God, 
God out of the picture and you take faith and you take a supportive community who's praying for you and supporting you and loving you, um, what, what do you have left? Uh, so there's there's an emptiness that people have, a growing number of people in this country. So that's when wokeness can swoop in and say, oh, you feel empty, you feel purposeless, you're looking for meaning, here, we'll help you. And they swoop in and they encourage people to make the center of their lives themselves. Uh, the wokeness is all about me. It's all about exalting the self, you know, um, what makes me different? What should I accuse my neighbor of doing to me? Um, well, how can I get reparations? It's not this attitude of I see my neighbor as somebody who is striving to get to heaven, I'm going to help him or her. It's all, um, you know, what, what can I get for myself in the here and now? And of course, we know that brings nothing but misery. And then we look at the the, the misery of our country. And it's, it's crazy. It, it's absolutely awful. So uh, that's what we've lost at the root of it is our, is our faith and, uh, and, our, and our Christian morals. It's not lost completely. Of course, there's still a bunch of really great, wonderful people out there. And that's why I wrote this book, because I want to encourage all those people and inspire them not to give up the fight, not to put their heads in the sand and to, to go hide from all of this, but to say, you know what, I care about my country. I care about my fellow citizens. I care about this world and I want everyone to get to heaven with me. So we need to fight back and fight wokeness. Yeah, Joe, right. I want to just you... uh, touch on something. She sure, said go ahead. Real quick. Um, I think a lot of what we've seen, particularly in the summer of 2020, where you saw like woke ideology acting out is projected self-loathing. And what do I mean by that? Because you talked a little bit about that, but I just want to expand it and get both your opinions on it. I think what it is, is as Catholics, listen, we're all sinners. We're all flawed. That's why Jesus came. But we have a place to put our sin, confession. You go to confession and God forgives you. And that's not psychological. It's a tangible encounter with God. And anyone who hasn't gone to confession in a long time, I invite you to give it a shot. What do you have to lose? I don't want to sound like Donald Trump, but I'm going to for a moment. What do you have to lose? So a lot of these people, to your point, you used in your definition of woke, there's a noble like root to it. They have nowhere to put their sin. So it's self-loathing. That applies to a Catholic. If you don't go to confession over the years, you are also going to basically feel like bad because you're a sinner and you need to go to Jesus. That's part of life. And they're acting out on that. They're pointing to things in society and they're projecting that self-hatred in these directions as opposed to looking inwardly and fixing the issue. And then maybe you look to problems. Listen, there's racism in this world. Let's not be let's let's be real. There there is. I grew up with racists. I'm married to a black woman. How's that sound? I've been stopped in Texas driving my car. Someone thought I was Hispanic when they found that I wasn't. They handed me my license back. That's real. That's not fake. That happened to me. So my point is though but I don't point in a hateful manner. I'm trying to solve things through the church, through the grace of God with love in my heart. That's not what that's happening. Explore that idea, both of you. Teresa, please. Yes, absolutely. Um, of course, we live in a fallen world. There, there is evil out there. There, there always has been, and there always will be. But I, yeah, I write in the book. Um, one of the 
the worst things about wokeness is that people don't have any redemption. There's no forgiveness in this world. You know, you, you make an off color joke 10 years ago and you get canceled. You say you support the wrong thing on Twitter or whatever, and you get censored. Um, you just look at the way that they react. There's no, Oh, you messed up. You made a mistake. Even if you didn't, even if you, all you did was simply say something that they disagreed with. It's like, you're done. Your lights out. So that's a really depressing kind of world to live in. And I think that's part of the, re- another part of the reason people are so on edge. You, you have to be so guarded in the way you speak and the, the terminology associated with wokeness, especially in, you know, big corporations and things is always changing. You're all, you're never doing enough. You're always walking on eggshells. You're always like, oh, am I, am I being politically correct enough? Am I going out of my way? Did I just do something racist? You know, it just has everybody on edge all the time. Um, Yeah. And uh, to your point about people not having introspection about themselves, you know, if you don't believe in, in sin, or you have no concept of forgiveness, or of going to God with what burdens you, these people, we've lost a sense of discipline, and general morality. So instead of looking inward and saying, what am I doing wrong? What's what's wrong with me? What can I do better? Um, Why am I struggling? They looked at everybody else and blame them. And it's like a vigilant headhunt. And I can't imagine how, uh, how miserable that would make you feel. If everybody you encounter, pretty much you're thinking of them, eyeing them kind of as an enemy or as somebody who might offend you or, hmm, I think that person might be a bigot. Let me figure out how, because rather than improve themselves, they look toward others and they project. Um, and, and we see what that's, that's doing to everybody's souls. Everybody's just, it's just outright, outright destructive to yourself, to yourself. Yeah. I've never encountered a woke person who is, uh, who's very happy. (laughs) They, They all seem really angry. And actually there's a sentence, a sample sentence that Google used for a long time. And it's, it's whenever you search for the definition of woke, it comes up as we need to stay angry and stay woke. So angry actually comes first. It's like these people are angry already and they're looking for a reason to justify it. And that's how wokeness manifests itself. Well, I, I know this is anecdotal, okay, but I know from my own life, okay, I made a lot of mistakes in my life, so starting from the time I got out of high school, okay, um, and it's it's had its effect, all right, till this day, I mean, for a variety of reasons, um, but I will say this, I remember, so I understand these people, and the reason why I'm telling this, you know, saying this, I understand the impulse, okay, because I felt like at some time, like my failures, I then projected, and I'm not saying that I was treated well by other people, but I blamed them completely, Mm-hmm. rather than looking at myself. See, when I came back to the Catholic Church and started practicing again 15 years ago, I was forced to look at myself. And then if you go to Christ, okay, and you 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 go, as Joe said, you go to confession, you receive Jesus in the Eucharist, then the process begins, all right, of that healing. Not self-healing. Let him heal you, all right? So do I still have memories and things like that that I get angry at? Of course I do. But I had to look at myself first rather than lashing out at people. And I would argue to some of these wokesters, okay, do you want to live a life where you're blaming everybody else for your lot in life? Or do you actually want to just raise yourself up? Raising yourself up doesn't mean that you're going to do it at the expense of others, whoever they may be, or blame them or blame her, blame, you know, can we use those pronouns? Anyway, uh, you know, blame all these people for the problems in your life when, there's plenty of good people in this world that will help you, okay, and the Catholic Church, all right, to raise yourself up. 
to be healed, to be able to lead a productive life, a fulfilling life. Because like you said, you know, Teresa, if you're going through life just pointing the finger at anybody, you're just going dark. You're going into a darker and darker and darker hole. And then you become really dangerous, in my view, to the rest of society, because you you, you can almost pass the point of no return. Do you, do you agree with that? Absolutely. And, you know, what you described being able to look in on yourself and say, you know, I have my own demons that I need to overcome. This isn't everybody else's fault. Maybe you had bad experiences when you were younger. Maybe there's something you're struggling with now. But to be able to do that, to self-reflect and to seek help and to pray about it and to change yourself, that, I mean, that's what life is all about, but it's hard. <laughs> you know, it's not fun. It can be uncomfortable. It can be really challenging to recognize, to, to do that to your own ego is, it's difficult. And especially in this world that for decades now has encouraged, uh, you know, everything is all about self-esteem. It's all about everybody's a winner. Everybody's great. You know, do what you love, do what makes you happy. Um, it's never about, uh, yeah, that might make you happy for a few moments, but it's not good for you in the long run. It's not good for your soul. It's not good for society. Um, it's gonna, you know, I kind of trace it back to the sexual revolution whenever it kind of, you know, took the rules off of uh, sexual morality. Uh, you can have sex outside of marriage. Homosexuality is normalized, all those sorts of things. And I think that's whenever the woke movement kind of the way we see it now really started to snowball because, um, yeah, it was all about kind of instant gratification and pleasure without consequences. And we see that now on such a huge scale where the woke movement is actually encouraging people who are struggling mentally uh, to mutilate themselves, to take these hormone blockers that are going to alter them forever, like little children, just, oh yeah, do you have an impulse? Do it. You know, don't, don't try to get help. Don't try to pray. Don't, uh, don't discipline yourself or do whatever it takes to, to get back into a healthy state of mind. Um, it's just, you're just grabbing at whatever's in front of you to try to fill that hole as quickly as you can. And it doesn't work. And then you move on to something else. You know, whenever I see people who are struggling with these sorts of identities and things, I, I think we should feel sorry for them. You know, some of them do it for attention or to get tenure at some liberal college or whatever, you know, some people are taking advantage of the woke movement, they don't really believe it. Um, but a lot of people are legitimately struggling because they grew up in this depraved society, and they're, they're sad. So we need to remember that. Yeah, no, I, I agree a thousand percent. If you're just joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, we're having a fantastic conversation, an important conversation with Teresa Mull. Please go out and buy her new book. It's available at Sophia Institute Press. We always emphasize, please support not only our authors, but our Catholic publishers. So please su support Sophia. The name of the title of the book, Woke Proof Your Life, a handbook on escaping modern political madness and shielding yourself and your family by living a more self-sufficient, fulfilling life. Joe Restinello, we have a few minutes before the break. I want to talk a little bit about something you just mentioned, depression, because I think that's it's pervasive uh, right now. It really is. So is suicide, so is drug abuse, and that's just with kids. But we'll focus on depression across the board, kids as well as adults. Life does not make sense outside of Christ. I'm 53 years old, Teresa. I've been around the block. Life does not make sense without Christ. And there's a hole inside of people because we have thrown God out of society. We have shown them the door. And you said something earlier. You tell someone by the fruit it bears. I tell my brother that who's outside the church. 
Don't listen to what people say. Watch what they do. And what people are doing and the effects of their life, frankly, it's dark. It's dark. And and you see it. They are not happy. They're, and it goes deeper than that. They are depressed. Talk about the Christ-filled hole that needs to be like basically – put into everybody, which is not being satisfied. Because to be honest with you, you tell the tree by the fruit it bears and it's not good. Yes, exactly. Um, you look at so much of what the woke movement is pushing and uh, just the LGBT movement we were just talking about, you look at the rates of depression is something like three times Um you look at what climate change, which is another woke weapon that I use in the book as an example, um, what what that does is control people and the people at the top are the ones who are benefiting from all of these mandates. And it's people, the rest of us, people like us who are suffering. Um, we, we have to give up our gas stoves. We're not allowed to drive our gas powered car because these people who want to take away our freedoms um, are trying to control us. So what the woke movement, the puppet masters at the top are, I think, the emptiest of all, because they are the ones who have accepted Satan's temptation of being like God. So they have completely rejected God and said, you know, they have this emptiness inside them because they want to be like God and control the rest of us. So they want to get their reward now. Um, so whenever you remember that, it's it's easy to become anxious in this world and to look at all the woke poisons and the tentacles and how it seems to be touching everything. But whenever you realize that Satan is uh, is is the one who <laughs> is kind of controlling these people and the one and the and the the being with whom these people are associating themselves it actually kind of becomes less scary, at least in my mind, because you know what you're contending with and you can say, oh, it's Satan. Okay, well, I have Christ on my side and I have the Blessed Mother to stand here with me and fight these people. And so you know who the enemy is, despite all of these these tricky smoke screens. Um, so yeah, going back to, to, to depression, um, I quote my dad in the book. He's a retired philosophy professor, and he speaks about um, the concept of the telos, T-E-L-O-S, um, which is a philosophical term meaning basically what you were made for, your purpose. So um, in the natural world, you know, birds, animals, insects, things like that, they naturally pursue their telos, you know, a bird does what a bird is designed to do. But for humans, it can be a little more complicated just because we have rational thought, of course. So if you take away the telos and you don't know what you were made for to know, love and serve God in this world and be happy with him in the next, uh, you're lost, you're a lost soul. And if you don't know what you're here for, you don't know what you're, you're doing all the human things things that you're doing for, if you have no end, if you don't know what the end goal is or where you're running toward, you're not going to know how to get there. You're not going to know how to behave. And that's just, that's such a scary feeling. And I think that's why our anxiety and depression are so high because people, people are, are here on earth and they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> it's just like, but oh, Teresa, but on one level, a lot of the a lot of these people, they've imbibed the aggressive atheism over the last 25 years of, let's say people like Sam Harris. 
um, and Christopher Hitchens and others, okay, you mentioned the Talos, they reject that because they don't believe that there's any meaning and purpose of life. They reject the Logos because they don't believe that there's any order to life. Joe mentioned fill, your, fill that hole inside of you with Christ. If you recognize Christ as Logos, as St. John said, okay, then you recognize what that what he is, what Logos is, is order. And these people are leading, that's one of the things, these people are le leading disordered lives. And they're being encouraged to do so. Don't order your life because there is no reason for you to do so. Don't look at Talos. Don't look at a meaning and purpose of your life because there is none. Just do whatever you want. If it makes you happy, if it makes you depressed, don't even worry about it because when you go in the ground, you're dead. And that's it. No eternal life. And they've they've drunk they've drunk it in, and that's why it's so important. Joe and I emphasize on the show all the time that you have a voice. Joe and I have a voice. Many other people have a voice. Say no, those are lies. Sam Harris is a liar. Christopher, Christopher Hitchens was a liar. Daniel Dennett was a liar. Is a liar. Okay, and keep hammering that and pointing that out in our Catholic voice. Voice. I do believe that when you point out to somebody whose life is disordered that you need some order, you know, many of those people are going to say. Yeah, I think you're right. That's my little rant, Teresa, but we have to go on a break real quick. Um, so Teresa Moll's joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Please go out and buy her book, Woke Proof Your Life, a handbook on escaping modern political madness and shielding yourself and your family by living a more self-sufficient, fulfilling life. That's available at Sophia Institute Press. Teresa, real quick, where can our audience follow you on social media? I actually don't really use social media. I have a big rant in my book about why I'm, I'm <laughs> not right. a fan. But you fan question, me, sorry. <laughs> sorry. You can find me at uh, thespectator.com. That's my my main place that I write. So you can find me there. Um, I also keep a portfolio portfolio of my articles at theamericanfrontporch.com. So you can contact me there. All right. Thanks for that, Teresa. All right. So stick around, everybody, at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. We have another great segment coming up with Teresa, Teresa Mull. You're not going to want to miss it. Catholic Radio works, and now we have it here in Connecticut and New York. It's been seen around the country that there's no better tool for evangelization. Where there's Catholic Radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith, families are strengthened, parishes and communities flourish. So... Let people know you're listening to Veritas, tell your friends to tune in, and let's make an impact here for Jesus and his church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Priscillo and Joe Resinello, and we are way in the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. We're pleased and honored to be speaking with Teresa Mull, and we're discussing her new book, Woke Proof Your Life, a handbook on escaping modern political madness and shielding yourself and your family by living a more self-sufficient, fulfilling life. Please buy it from the publisher, Sophia Institute Press. Teresa, we'll give our audience an out. Where else could they buy your book if they need to? They can buy it on Amazon. Um, they can also buy it at Barnes & Noble. And uh, there's a few other uh, Christian publishers, if you just Google the book, um, that you can buy from there, too. Um, I have mixed feelings about the whole Amazon thing because it's a it's a woke company. But then I figure if I sell a billion copies of this book and it goes to number one, they will see how much people hate wokeness and they'll change their ways. So There, there you go. I love it. Joe Resinello. <laughs> It's funny, a uh, little aside, I just closed my Amazon account because I had a huge argument with them over a, uh, a double charge, and I just got fed up. Um, so I am now Amazon free. 
Um, so I'm in recovery. Anyway, <laughs> I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, weapons that we could use. And uh, I want to uh, allude to something that uh, Dr. Ray Garendi recently said when he was on our show. He said the culture of death is like a mist. It comes under the doors. It sneaks into the home. The home is the domestic church. And as a father and as a husband, it's our job to make sure that that doesn't happen. Uh, Dr. Ray has 10 kids. I have five. And I think about that a lot. How can I protect my kids? Um, so we're going to talk about basically weapons that we can employ um, against this ideology. And it is just that. I'll just share with some some things that I do. And then I'm interested in what you have to say, Teresa, because you note six major weapons in your book. Um, I don't watch a lot of TV. With my kids, we do DVDs. So I could monitor what they watch, things that they like to see. Uh, even the commercials are bad. Like on television now, you got to be careful. Um, I send my kids to private school. Is it perfect? Are they reading Thomas Aquinas? No, but it's better than the public school. Not everyone can afford that. Um, my wife and I sacrifice tremendously to do that, but that's something that we do. We try to watch what we pay for. Money moves the dial. Don't support people that want to destroy you. That's something that I do. I'm very conscious of that. I don't go to uh, Starbucks. They made comments about people who uh, support traditional marriage. I'm not going to give you money. Sorry. I'm not giving you money. If you make a comment like that, that you don't want my business, well, guess what? I'm not going to give it to you. These are things we can do. Um, what are the things that you know? Because there are things that we can do and we should be doing. Yeah, it sounds like you uh, read the book already. You're you're pretty pretty much woke proof. Sounds like that's awesome. Yeah, and also Starbucks coffee isn't that good anyway. So, um, yeah, I I have a big section at the beginning about uh, managing technology, as you mentioned. That's uh, I think wokeness kind of lives and dies online, as it is such an egocentric movement. Um, people are reliant on uh, kind of the look at me and getting attention and getting likes and sensation and the mainstream media. Um, so it's kind of like, uh, if, if you don't react to them, that, that's what they want. They want to get a reaction out of you. They want to steal your peace. They want to create chaos. They thrive on that. Um, and, and that distracts you from God. It distracts you from your family. It distracts you from creating a community of beauty, goodness, and truth. Uh, so we really have to guard against that. And I encourage people to manage their technology use. Um, you know, are you using your smartphone as a resource or as a recourse? Um, are you using it to look up helpful information, to commune with fellow Catholics, to um, to learn things that are fruitful? Maybe you're taking an online catechism class, things like that, you know, or are you using it? We've all been there. I've done it. You know, you have five minutes to wait in line at the post office. You whip out your phone, and you look at it. That's five minutes that you could be spending talking to the person next to you, making a new friend, uh, saying a prayer, uh, wondering about the wonders of how plaster is applied or something like that, you know, allowing your, your brain and your mind and the Holy spirit to interact with you. Um, I think that there is a huge uh, problem with smartphone and, and addiction and overuse of screens. And uh, that's uh, a really 
strong way that the woke movement is disseminated and how it leaches into our homes and into our minds, into our souls. You know, I make the analogy in the book that you wouldn't just like open your mouth and let a stranger put whatever kind of food or (laughs) substance into your mouth. So why are we doing that with our eyes and our ears and our souls? You know, we just open our phones and whatever is in there, you know, comes in and that has an effect on you. Um, So I really encourage people to take steps to manage how much they're using their phones. Um, and, uh, if you're using your phone so much less, you have time to develop hobbies. Uh, you know, there's that famous book bowling alone that I think came out around 2000. So about 20 years ago, and it's just gotten so much worse since then. It talks about how people are, uh, we're losing our social capital, which is kind of the connectivity that we used to have in this country. And it's gotten so much worse since COVID, you know, people don't belong to clubs anymore. They don't have, uh, you know, volunteer organizations are just, you know, going, going the way of the the dodo bird left and right as people just don't do these things anymore. And everybody says, oh, we're so busy. Like, are you busy or are you distracted? You know, what are people so busy doing? Um, I was on a bike ride with my friend last summer and we drove by this beautiful old hunting camp. And she said, um, oh, they used to have a huge family reunion there every every year, but they don't anymore. And I said, oh, that's a shame. Why not? And she said, oh, well, you know, people are busy. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I thought, like, why? Why are people so busy? What are we so busy doing? We have so much technology that makes things so much easier than they've ever been but yet we don't have time to go to a family reunion. Like that's what you work the rest of the year to be able to do things like that. So the more we get away from those sorts of things, the, the more we're just living these zombie online worlds and we're not stimulating our soul. We're not appreciating the beauty that's in the world. We're not interacting with one another and helping each other thrive and become holier. Um, so those are those are some things I recommend getting out in nature, gardening. I think that if we everybody in America had a garden that pretty much all of our problems would go away, you wouldn't be absorbing the woke rhetoric that is largely made up and doesn't exist in the real world. You would be having enriching friendships. You'd be surrounded by like-minded people who make you better. You would be marveling at the creation and and, uh, partaking in growing something kind of together with God. You would be more in, in harmony with the seasons and all of these beautiful things that we used to do before technology basically consumed our lives. Um, Education, of course, is another big one. I encourage people to educate themselves. There's so many wonderful resources. I have a lot of them in the book where, you know, if you went to a a standard public school, maybe you didn't have the best education, or maybe you need to re-educate yourself in classic literature, in scripture, that you can arm yourself with truth and knowledge and wisdom from all of these amazing, wonderful thinkers who lived before us and kind of already solved all the woke problems, quote unquote, that we're having now. Um, We need those things. We need to have that in our brain whenever we go out into the woke world. So we're we're ready to combat it. You know, what the thought popped into my head, the ironic part about what you're saying is that Marx promised that. No, the funny thing is that when he said the state faded away, that that's that would be the state of society that you could ponder the universe, or you know, while you're sitting by the riverside or the lakeside fishing. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but that was the image that he gave of the new man. No, that was going to be. And it's funny because it's the it's the the Marxist. See, what you just described is a very Christian way of living. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you're creating, you're, you're, you're in awe of the creation. Therefore you're in awe of the creator. So you just described what the Catholic worldview. And it's funny, Marx promised the same thing without God. And it's the Marxists nowadays that are seeking to torpedo just that kind of, just that kind of life. Um, uh, Teresa Mull joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe three. So let's keep it moving. Cause I want to, we want to get to a couple more. We want to get to a couple more questions. Um, Toxic empathy. What is it and how do we avoid it? That's a term I came across from the author, Jonathan Acuff, all credit to him. And it struck me so much, reminded me of what's going on with the woke movement and how we as Christians need to react. Um, Toxic empathy is that feeling you get whenever you know somebody is doing something that's bad for himself, uh, maybe engaged in a toxic relationship, spending his money poorly, drinking too much, um, you know, doing something that's harmful and you don't say anything because you want that person to like you or you don't want to be the weirdo at the party who says something um, about Jesus or, you know, um, we all have that. We all want to be accepted. We all want to be liked um but it is toxic um so with i've been the weirdo for a long time Teresa. i like being the weirdo (laughs) yeah well maybe you can give some tips for people on how to handle (laughs) this so (laughs) yeah you know you might be asked to go through diversity equity and inclusion training at your workplace or to support the lgbt day in the in the office or something and and that that doesn't jive with you. That doesn't, that's, that's against your morals, but you're afraid to stand up because you don't want to be judged. You want to fit in. And that's quite an understandable uh, scenario, but I think it's the reason that we have wokeness now, because for so long, we kind of let things slide. We, we, uh, we let things go by and didn't say anything. Um, but now we see wokeness rearing its ugly head and manifesting itself with such force. It's like, where did this come from? It's like, well, you know, you legalized gay marriage a few years ago go and now even republicans are in favor of it you know it kind of it didn't really happen that slowly i think definitely it it came out with full force after covid um but but it's kind of been simmering there for a long time so we have to not be afraid to stand up we don't have to do it in a way that's nasty certainly or um you know, in a prideful, I'm better than you, holier than thou way or anything like that. But, you know, just just state our position, explain why what we are saying and what we believe is the truth. Um, I have lots of examples in the book, also statistics that go along with, um, you know, other than our Catholic faith, uh, proving that the woke movement is wrong. There's plenty of examples of those rotten fruits that you can cite to people um, who, who, who don't have faith but you can say, well, if you don't believe Jesus, here's what, you know, uh, scientific <laughs> studies have said from Harvard or whatever it is about uh, why DEI doesn't work or why ESG is bad or all these things. So, yeah, don't be afraid to stand up. You have God on your side and uh, he's pretty powerful. Well, <laughs> I no, and that's a little thing. bit about that yeah. uh, standing up, because to be honest with you, if you're going to follow Christ, even before this woke stuff, you're going to go against the grain. That's what Jesus did. That's what it means to be Catholic. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't live in the world. However, everywhere you go, the world, the flesh, and the devil is your enemy. If you are a Christian, if you are a Catholic, that's reality. You can't just go along. You go along right off the cliff. Christ tells us that. It's the narrow way. Now, how do we do it? We are armed with the sacraments, 
with fasting, with almsgiving. We can't do it on your own. I use the reference on this show all the time, getting invited to the barbecue. You have to be willing to not get invited. And at first, people might mock you, think you're weird, but in time, they will respect you. I'm a little older than you. And I've been doing this for three decades. I ta- I've, I've committed myself to my faith when I was 22. I'm 53. I've gone through the whole arc, and I wasn't always going to Mass. Let me phrase it that way. So my friends, I went from animal house to the mother house, like in plain English. So You were otter. I, yeah, I went you through were the otter. whole like, like arc of life. And they will think you're weird, but then they will respect you. In time. And that's not why you do it either. But you have to be armed with the sacraments. If you're not, you're not going to be able to do that. You simply aren't. I think that's something that a lot of gifted people rely upon too much. Their gifts. Oh, I could. No, no. The world will crush you. It will crush you. But not if you're on the side of God because he conquered the world. And I'm with him. That's what I say. I'm with him. I'm with her, the Blessed Mother. And you're not going to beat me because you can't. But uh, without them, you'll crush me. And I think that's the way we have to think. And if we do, all right, you don't want me at the barbecue? I'll go to another one. You don't want me at that party? Okay, I won't go. That's fine. I'm cool with that. Like both your comments, because like, that's how we beat this. Teresa. Absolutely. And, uh, and pray always, you know, whenever you, you get these feelings of of the spirit inspiring you to say something or to, to stand up or maybe to avoid going to a restaurant or not to buy something because you know, it's from a woke corporation or something. If you feel that, that impulse inside you, that's the Holy Spirit, you know, urging you to do the right thing. And he wants you to ask him for help and he will help you. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes really. And I have a a great conversation in the book with um, a model. He like posed for Dolce and Gabbana, like big, famous, beautiful model. And he spoke out against wokeness and he's canceled. He lost many gigs. He, uh, He basically had his career turned upside down for being brave and speaking his conservative Christian values. And he said that since then his life has become so much richer. He has been rewarded tenfold. He has these friendships that he never would have had had he not spoken out. And he now sees kind of the folly of his ways before whenever he was just living in kind of this woke modern modeling industry world that's very shallow and um and, and speaking out, it was scary. It was hard. He has suffered somewhat, but the rewards that he's reaped have been so much more than he could have imagined. He's like, oh, wow. You know, so he, we, we have that story in the book that's really inspiring to people who are, who are, you know, worried about it. Um and, and thinking, well, what am I going to lose? Well, if you if you side with Christ, uh, he's he's going to notice and he's going to reward you. So that's what I encourage people, be not afraid. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And remember, they persecuted him first, big time. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, and and he warns us about that, you know, pretty clearly too. Um, you know, they hated me. They hate, or they, you know, if they hate you, they hated me first. Um, Teresa Mull is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Rossinello. Teresa, let me let me ask you this: 
let me see if I can phrase this, the, the, uh, get my thoughts out without being too muddled, okay? Yeah. You, um, I think people recognize the dangers of the woke agenda, all right, particularly transgenderism. Michael Knowles, you know, got in trouble because he said it needs to be eradicated. Of course, that he became Hitler at that point, according to the left, when it does need to be eradicated as an ideology, as an idea in the public arena. It's got to be eradicated. People just have to start saying, no, I'm not listening to you. We're, we're not we're not buying into any of this, this, this nonsense. OK, so I would say average people recognize the dangers in that um, uh, and, and many of the other dangers that woke ism um, uh, uh, many of the dangers that, 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 you know, but puts forth anyway, but here's my question. And this is might get me in a little bit of trouble. Cause I don't want to sound judgmental. Okay. But a lot of those same people don't understand the root of this. And you alluded to it earlier in the conversation is the sexual revolution in the 1960s and the idea of sexual liberation. And many of those same people that see the dangers in wokeism, particularly in transgenderism and everything else in gay marriage, homosexuality, the, the gay lifestyle, they're unwilling to, to put down the sexual revolution. Okay, and I, I again, that sounds judgmental. What I what do I mean by that? Contraception, divorce. Okay, a lot of Catholics, a lot of evangelicals, Catholics and evangelicals, they have a higher divorce rate than the atheists. Okay, they're not willing to put some of these things down. Um, pornography. A lot of men, okay, um, don't want to put down pornography. They think it's harmless. They bought into the lie that it, that it's harmless. It has no effect on them whatsoever. Talk about that because on the one hand, if you want to defeat wokeism. Well, again, we we mentioned it earlier. You're gonna to have to turn the mirror on yourself, pal. You're gonna to have to turn the mirror. You got to turn the mirror on yourself and understand the things you need to put down. Am I off in that assessment, Teresa Mull? No, not at all. I'd say spot on. Yeah, all that stuff is totally tied together and totally related. And something that uh, that I talk about with liberalism is um, what makes wokeness so appealing is that and with all virtue signaling is that it's really easy to do because it doesn't require any discipline. You know, you can put up a black, black lives matter square, black square on your Twitter and feel good about yourself and get your, your virtue, virtue points for the day and then move on with your life. But you didn't change anything about yourself. You're still doing whatever you want to do. Um, you can put up a rainbow flag and say, I support everyone is welcome here, but that didn't require any, any sacrifice from you personally. So as soon as it does require you, you to uh to stay in a marriage and um you know till death do us part in good times and in bad and it requires you not to have sex outside of marriage or do whatever these sort of um uh not not just lustful but you know um hedonistic i guess pursuits as soon as that's required of people that's whenever they get weak and they go soft you know i see even so much in the republican movement um you know whatever you think about Donald Trump, his personal <laughs> relationships and that of his son are not admirable. And so many people just look the other way. And I'm like, guys, we need to be standing up for, for all of it, you know, and then for, and that's why <clears throat> Catholicism is the one true church. And we know that because that this is the church that stands up for all of it. And it's, you know, very black and white on these issues. You know, it's, it's all tied in. It's all to, it's all related and it's, it all leads to evil and destruction and misery. So we can't pick and choose, um, you know, oh, transgender is too far, but divorce is fine. It's like, no, it's, it's, it's all bad. Well, yeah, exa exactly. And that's what we, I'm glad you said it like that very bluntly. It's all bad. 
It's all yeah. bad. I want to. I just want to make one point. I'm going to hand it over to Joe. Um, yeah, and again, I lived that life. I, I was a stockbroker for nine and a half years in another life. Okay, um, I lived that lifestyle. I was immersed in it. Okay, I get it. It's not like I'm coming from a place where I was a cradle Catholic and actually practicing the faith from the time I was, you know, from the time I was, you know, received first Holy Communion. So I get that whole thing. But but you got to learn first. You got to trust, as you guys you guys both said. First, you got to you have to trust that Christ is who He said He is, and go to Him first and get that foundation. But then we have free will. You got to make a choice. You got to say, look, this is nonsense. This is not good for me. Even on a, just a worldly level, this is not helping my life. And I do want to make one point before I hand it over to Joe about rewards. My wife and I caught a lot of flack because my wife could have gotten pregnant only through IVF. This is a few years ago, right? After we first got married, both married late in life. She could have gotten pregnant through IVF. And we got a lot of flack from a lot of family members, okay? So why don't you do IVF? Why don't you do IVF? And the our answer was very, very blunt, which was the church says no. Okay, and I have a 14 year old boy who's about to come become our son in the next six months, who's been with us for two years now, who is the greatest blessing from God that the both of us could have received. Okay, he rewards those who are faithful to him. <laughs> he does. I say that story from my heart that that kid is meant to be in our lives because he was in the foster system since he's five. Okay, and now he's going to be our son in the next few months. All right. So God does when you sacrifice something for God and don't listen to the crowd. He absolutely, absolutely rewards you. Uh, we have a, we probably have a few more minutes. Joe Racinello, probably have time for maybe one, maybe two more questions. I want to juxtapose the Benedict option versus uh, what someone from Pennsylvania, the great state of Pennsylvania, where Teresa is from, Archbishop Chaput, someone I admire greatly. He wrote a book, two books, um, Give Unto Caesar, as well as Stranger in a Strange Land. Benedict option says remove yourself from society. Many people have done that. You're hearing about the Catholic homestead movement. I'm interested in your thoughts on that. And then I want to juxtapose it with Chaput wrote in those two books I just mentioned. We're supposed to be in the world and of the world. We also recently interviewed uh, Bishop Elliot from uh, Australia. Australia. He wrote a book on the se sexual revolution. And he basically talked about in a much more intelligent way than I do. But he talked about it uh, saying, I used to say, create to my wife islands of goodness. Find lay associate movements with, say, religious orders. Find the community in your church. Do uh, volunteer work where you create these little islands of goodness amongst the swamp. Bishop Elliot talked about that, where Catholics find these associations, say the Knights of Columbus, this, that, the other thing, where you find these islands, and then people see you. The goodness, the light in the darkness. Juxtapose those two options. The I'm going to get the heck out of here and go live in the middle of, I don't know. Uh, Alaska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to become <laughs> the Browns on the Discovery Channel. I used to binge watch that crazy show. Or I'm going to live wherever. And I'm going to be that guy, my little islands of goodness. And I'm going to project Christ through my life. What do you think is the way to go? a place for both. Uh, I, I certainly understand the temptation just to shut out the world and run away and hide and become a hermit. Um, and I think some people are suited for that and called to that. I think it's certainly, you know, whatever the spirit puts in your, in your soul that you need to pray about and ask for guidance and deliberate upon. But I would also caution people not to 
hide from the world and shut it out just because it's difficult or annoying or you don't want to deal with it. I know a lot of people who are kind of like that. There's like, oh, look the other way and kind of ignore wokeness. But we are called to proclaim from the housetops and you are not to put a light under a bushel. Um, So we're to go out and make disciples of the world, you know? So if you are given a strong faith and you are given this courage and this wisdom and knowledge, that's a gift and to whom much is given, much is expected. So I encourage people certainly to uh, make your home a wholesome refuge whenever you go in there, shut out the forces of wokeness so that it's a place that you can go and become refreshed, a place where you can go and learn virtue and teach virtue to your children and to your family and anybody that crosses your threshold to make that a place where Catholicism thrives and people are fortified. Um, So there are ways kind of to to do both. Uh, And that's what woke-proofing your life is all about. I make the analogy to waterproofing. Um, If you're going to go out into a big thunderstorm, which is kind of what wokeness is, it's a storm that's taking over society. You're going to put on an awesome Gore-Tex jacket. You're going to put on a a cool (laughs) waterproof rain hat and some welly boots, and you're going to go out there and you're not going to get wet. You know, you're not not going into the world because it's raining or because there's wokeness, but you are armed with so much virtue, with so much self-sufficiency, with truth, with, uh, with your faith, um, that wokeness doesn't really make a dent. You know, it doesn't affect you and you, you serve as a role model. People can look to you and say, you know what, there's all this woke craziness going on, but that guy, he's still living a virtuous Catholic life. He's not supporting companies that, that are against his conscience. Um, and he's, he's, uh, raising a beautiful family who goes to church and loves the Lord and knows, knows scripture and the catechism and all these things. So you do have a duty also to lead by example, especially Especially whenever you've been given these gifts and if if the, the Holy Spirit is calling you to this sort of woke-proof lifestyle to show others and to help them. You know, my my book, I reached out to a couple of people who I who have kind of already woke-proofed their lives. And uh they they led me to two more people. Those people led me to five more people, and my network just blossomed. And there's so many people around who are already doing this. You can make these connections, and that's how we start rebuilding our communities and our society. And it's important to speak out and to serve as as an example um, as much as you can. I also encourage people to move if they feel the need to, because there there is a time and a place to shake the dust from your feet. We know that if you live somewhere radical like San Francisco or Portland, um, you might not be quite as effective there. So there is a time and a place to move to a community that is going to help you. Um, It's okay, you know, help you help yourself kind of thing. I was blessed to, to be able to leave New Jersey. Uh, I had that option, my wife and I and our, and our son, um, and took it. And I'm in Arizona. Um, you know, some things need to be straightened out here, too. But I got out of Dodge. I shook the dust off my feet. I love my state in New Jersey, but I feel like, you know, it's not the same state that I grew up in, and I don't want to be there anymore. Teresa Mall, we have to leave it there. The book available at Sophia Institute Press, Woke Proof Your Life, a handbook on escaping modern political madness and shielding yourself and your family by living a more self-sufficient, fulfilling life. Teresa, what's your website again that people can find out more about you? TheAmericanFrontPorch.com. That's my personal portfolio where I keep my writings and uh, you can contact me there. I also write for TheSpectator.com. 
All right, awesome. And if you have to go out and buy the book on the big boys, Barnes & Noble has the book and also Amazon. Teresa Moll, thank you so much for coming on the show. You are welcome back here anytime, our friend. Thank you. I'll take you up on that. Thanks. Right, awesome. And thank you all out there for joining us at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. You know what I'm about to say. Download the app, share it with your friends. You're going to have access to all of our station's content. And if you like what Joe and, o Joe and I do, hopefully you do, uh, we're all over social media, Twitter, Rumble in particular, and Twitter. We'd like the focus there, but we're also seen on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks once more. And remember, until the next time, that our conversation is your conversation, and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.